Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. The time uh, the time has come, or it actually went, two days ago on um, February the 6th, this is today is February the 8th. Um, two days ago, I did the absolute hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I have, um, I've done a lot of hard things. I've done, I've, I've, I've been dealt a lot of hurt, uh, heartache, just like anybody else. And just when I thought I have experienced it all, um, I realized really quickly I hadn't. And so Two days ago, I had to put my dog Turkey Sue down. And anyone, anyone that knows me, if you've been following me for a while, knows that that dog is is everything to me. That you know, everybody everybody says they have the best dog. Um, you know, she was the best dog. She was the best dog for me, anyway. Uh, not trying to get in the competition. My dog's better than anybody else's dog, but. I've never, you know, when I was growing up, all my animals ended up getting killed. They never lived long lives. We, I mean, we grew up, they were never inside pets. They were outside. <laughs> we were just country. They'd either get hit by cars or they'd die of disease, like go off in the woods, a couple of them eaten by alligators. And you never really had time to develop a relationship with a dog when I was young. And over the last 12 years, Turkey died two days short of her um, adoption birthday of 12 years old. And we adopted her when she was eight weeks old, fresh, um, fresh out of the Humane Society. And I'll never forget, I was working on the firefight on, on the fire department and I was sitting in the day room at our, at my firehouse. And the, at the time, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, she texted me a picture of this dog, this little puppy. And I immediately said, I responded back. I was like, fuck no, you know, and as cute as she was, I said, fuck no, because I knew I would end up having to take care of this dog. And we went on some calls that night and, 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 I, and I got a little bit of sleep. I'll never forget. I, I went, I, I woke up that morning at the firehouse and something inside of me said, you need to go get this dog. And, you know, I, at, this was a, at a point in 2009 where I was really fucked up. I was, I was at the end of my, my rope. I was actually, um, approaching the end of my career. So, excuse me, back up. This was 2010, um, February of 2010, my career came to an end in March of 2010. So here's kind of the, the sorts of the story was I rushed home 
my girlfriend was in bed, and then I knew the SPCA was opening up here in a little bit. So I, I walked in, and I, and I woke her up. I said, hey, you need to get up. And she said, why? It was a weekend. She, I said, do you, you still want that dog? And she goes, I, th- I thought you said, you know, I shouldn't get it. And I was like, I changed my mind. I think you should. And I said, but you better hurry. I said, somebody else is going to get that dog. Um, so she got dressed. We hauled ass to the Humane Society, which was like 20 minutes away. And we literally were standing at the door when the employees started opening the door. And while we're standing there, some people walked up behind us and they patiently waited behind us. And as we went into the desk, um, they're flipping the lights on and the the people were like, how can we help you? And my wife at the time said, I'm here to see Cheyenne. And Cheyenne was Riley's name when she was a puppy. That's what the Humane Society named her. And uh, the people behind us go, well, we're here to see Cheyenne. And the lady up front goes, well, they're ahead of you. So, you know, they, they get to go in first. So we go in and we see, we see Riley who we knew we were going to name her Riley and, and something about her when she was inside that little cage and she just looked at me and there was instant chemistry. And, uh, we, uh, we went ahead and adopted her and the people that came in to get her, they weren't, they weren't happy. They, but they ended up adopting her brother who was in a, in a cage next to her. So we take Riley home and, you know, I've had tons of dogs over my life and there were just something instant with this dog. You could feel the love coming from her. And, you know, it was at a, at a state where I was in, in, like I say, in the worst condition of my life, I was approaching the end of my career in the fire service and I didn't even know it because of, you know, that's how much turmoil was going on with me at the time. And this little puppy just became everything to me. And this was before I had kids. And I, uh, I took her, you know, at, at, as a kid of mine. And so I'm sorry, it's hard. This shit is hard to talk about, man. It's, um, you got to understand this dog was not a dog to me. This was every bit of my best friend. This was every bit of my person in life. And, um, there's no words that can describe how special this animal was to me. And so when I, when I ended up getting forced out of being a firefighter because of everything that happened with me, I didn't really know what to do. And I had nothing. And, you know, I, I, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time and she didn't understand because I was, I was at my wits end and, and I was really not a fun person to be around, but I had Riley and I would take her and we'd go on trail rides or walks or whatever. We'd walk around the neighborhood and, I put her in my car and take her to the beach and, you know, do stuff that most dog owners do, especially when they have a new dog, you know, show it lots of attention, but I was able to put a lot of, um, focus into Riley and a lot of energy into Riley without focusing so much on what just happened when my career spiraled out of control and I lost the best job in the world or the best career in the world because I couldn't get myself help in time. And even though I was touring full time in comedy, I uh, would always come back and grab Riley and scoop her up and kiss her right on the mouth. I mean, like you know, she she slept on me. She this dog laid on my chest at night and slept. I would sing songs to her, just like you all do. Well, fast forward, fast forward twelve years. Riley taking a turn for the worse, and in the last six months, she really started declining. And we started talking about putting her down. And there was a time I talked about this on a 
a podcast a few podcasts ago. She was having a really bad night, and I thought I was going to have to shoot her. And I knew I didn't want to do that, but I knew I had to um, because she was suffering. And then turns out she was having an allergic reaction to her medicine, and the next morning she seemed fine. So we'd, we've been spoiling her lately because I knew this day was coming, and my parents had a party on the 5th of February, and a bunch of family members were down there. We took the dogs down there, and I was watching Riley, and she fell off the porch, and she uh, she didn't hurt herself, but I watched her run into a wall, and then I watched her step into her water bowl, and I knew that night that was going to be her last night alive, and I, I made my mind up right there tomorrow. I'm putting her down, and I just couldn't stand to see her like that anymore because she had no quality of life, and even though her heart beat true and her heart beat hard and the blood flow in her veins and her, her body was warm, she had no life. And the quality of it was horrible. And it was selfish of me to keep dragging her on like this. And I didn't sleep at all that night. I laid there and I wept and... I started thinking about all the good times and then immediately, what what did I do as a human being? I immediately started feeling guilty about all the times I didn't take the time to do things with her. And I didn't take the time to throw her an extra ball, to give her another piece of pizza, to take her to the beach when I was feeling like depressed because I was feeling sorry for myself and I didn't feel right. So I didn't take her to the beach and this fucking dog lays in the house all day, just waiting for you to get home and you come home and they just want to see you and they make everything good and they don't complain. They don't bitch at you. And I think about all those times where I was feeling so down on myself that I didn't take advantage of the time that I had with her and do things. And that's what we always do. We waste the time that we have and We can't get that back, but I'm not going to harp on that because I've talked about that on so many episodes. Well, my kids are going to Disney with with my wife and my sister, and this is a thing that I decided when I talk about mental wellness. I decide you got to do things that you know are good good for you, no matter how how hard it may be. I wanted to go to Disney World. I want to see my girls at Disney World, but I also know right now is not a good spot. That's not a good time for me to be at Disney world. It's not a good time for me to be around people right now, like in, in droves. And I just, as much as I want to put my bullshit to the side and go support my family and see my, see my girl smile down there. I knew the the best way that they would have fun is, is with my wife and my sister. So I let them do that. And I had to handle Turkey. So we all had our our goodbyes that morning and my wife wanted to go with us to put her down. And initially I wanted her to go and, and man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never had to put an animal down and I don't mean an animal, I mean a fucking family member. Let's just call it what it is. I don't recommend dragging anybody else in there. I recommend one person because that's something that I can't, this is just, this is something that I know it seems minuscule to a lot of people. And it seems like just an animal. But what took place that afternoon when I put her down, I'm never going to be able to unsee it, forget it, and feel it. And I didn't realize just how hard it would be. I'm a pretty tough guy. And I'm 
I try not to get too emotional and I try to hide it. My dad was with me. So my dad, my dad came up because we had to go pick up my golf cart from my house and take it out to my farm. So we, we, we took a trailer up to my house and we had our dogs in the back and we pulled up to the vet. I already, already called and told them that we were coming and the whole ride to Charleston. It was a, it was an hour and a half ride. And I just kept looking back at Turkey, realizing that her time was running out and she didn't even know it. You know, she, she didn't know where we were going. She was just on along for the ride. Like she'd always been. And we pull up to the vet and I didn't waste any time. I opened the door and, uh, I told the other dogs to say bye. And I, and I picked her up and carried her in there and they had a gurney. I put her on the gurney and, um, They rolled her in the back and they put me in this waiting room and they told me they'll be back in a minute. They got a prepper and that, uh, they would bring her back in and let me have as much time as I needed with her. And I knew, I knew I didn't want to have a lot of time because I knew time is what was going to make me start second guessing and everything. And I knew what needed to be done. So they prepped her and she came in and she had her little IVs with her pink leg wraps on and you could tell she was scared. She was confused. She couldn't really see that well. And they walked out and they told me there's a button right there just to ring it when I was ready. And I told her, I told the nurse right then, I said, I don't need to ring the button. We're good. Just give me 30 seconds. So she gave me 30 seconds. She closed the door and I just grabbed Riley and started crying. And I don't think I have ever cried like that in my life. I don't think I have sobbed like that in my entire life. I, uh, doctor came in and he kind of explained what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, just let's, let's go ahead, man. And let's go ahead and do it. And so as I was holding Turkey, he went ahead and administered, the uh, the juice that puts her to sleep. He said it's going to take about fifteen seconds, man. And I just laid my uh, my right eye on her right eye, and man, I'm going to tell you right now, she was breathing so hard, and I could feel her breath on my face and my shoulder. And the whole time, I was begging for her forgiveness. And I was just begging her to forgive me. And I was telling her that I was sorry. And I knew that it was the right thing. But the selfish side of me wanted to grab that doctor's hand and stop it. And so when it was done, you know, obviously, I've seen lifeless things plenty of times in my life I knew she was gone and the daughter told me he's like it's, it's over sir she passed so he gave us a few minutes and I must have been in that room 20 more minutes holding that damn dog and just fucking apologizing it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life I've hurt people. And it wasn't as hard as this. 
And it all revolved around quality of life. And that that is what I want to get into today. What is your quality of life? Are you like Turkey Sue? Are you running into walls everywhere you go, stepping in your fucking water bowl? You don't really like to eat anymore. You sit at home a lot, waiting for somebody to come home to give give your love to, your attention to. And that person comes home and then there's just nothing there. And so you're just sitting there with a fucking heart of gold trying to give it to somebody. Nobody's nobody's taking it. Are you wasting your life? Are you sitting around not doing the things that you really want to be doing? Are you overthinking everything? Are you overanalyzing everything? Because I'll be completely honest. I Man, I, I've had a great quality of life. I mean, I, look, you're not going to have the best quality of life your entire life. But this is what I, I, I can't put enough emphasis on this. Look, we're all getting older. As we get older, generally, our quality of life is going to start going downhill. So when you're at your fucking prime, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, hopefully, hopefully, your quality of life is phenomenal. And if it's not, I'm hoping that if you hear this, maybe it just takes like a good kick in the pants to realize, hey, you know what? My quality of life could be so much better, but but I'm my own worst enemy. I get inside my own head too much and I ruin my, you know how many people get inside of their own head? Fuck dude, I'm guilty of it 110%. I get in my own head all the time. Like if I'm not doing something productive, if I'm not having a productive day where I'm seeing results, it I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing? I'm wasting time. I'm I, I, this is bullshit. And then I got to slow down and stop and think. And it goes back to a couple episodes ago where you just got a one foot in front of the other. I love seeing people live full lives. I'm, I love being a cheerleader of people doing good things. I love seeing people accomplish goals and, 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 and see the fruits of their labor. I love seeing people reach their destination, their dreams and, and, and have all these things. I'm not a hater. I don't, I don't sit back when somebody does something better than me and think, Oh man, fuck that person. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? No good for them because I know what it takes to achieve sometimes, sometimes simple goals, small goals. It takes, it takes discipline takes dedication. And what people don't understand is when a lot of folks around you are doing good things, they're not just lucky people. Like they, they live their life in a manner where they make those things happen. And I love seeing that. And I love encouraging that. And that's why I encourage people to have a better quality of life. Like what is a, what does that look like to you? I'm going to tell you what it looks like to me. Quality of life. Is um my health like with my back? Um, we got we got all the results back for my back and everything, and it's just, it's pretty fucked up. But it is what it is. I don't care about being the most muscular guy in the world anymore. There was a time where I was sacrificing my own health just to look good, right? And just to be like, oh, look at my fucking my shirt is a lot tighter than your shirt. <laughs> And I was that guy for a long time and I had it and it was great and it was a good feeling. It was fun, but I've grown in my life and I've reached this new place where that shit's not important. See, priorities change in life. And I got I think you gotta welcome those priorities when they come. I was fighting, 
I know I'm not an old man, but I was fighting this shit for so long. I was like, man, I'm a gym guy. I'm a big dude. I'm swole. That's how people know me. And I can't go the other way. But here's what was going on. My quality of life was suffering. My joints were suffering. I was having tremendous pain all over my body. There were mornings where I couldn't get out of bed without help. I mean, that's not shit I was putting on Facebook, but my quality of life sucked. And so I realized like, you know what? I got to stop competing with who I used to be. And I need to start welcoming who I'm becoming. I talk about that all the time too. And I am welcoming that. I haven't completely given up on myself, but I also realized like, look, I don't need to be bench pressing 315 or put loading up the squat rack anymore because that played a big hand in fucking my back up. Now I just want to be able to be flexible and I want to be able to walk around and not step in my fucking water bowl like Turkey was doing. Quality of life can even play into your personal relationships if you're married, if you're um, dating somebody. And I'm no expert on this shit, but let me tell you right now, I do know that if things aren't right at home or in your per, in your personal life with the people that you, you you're intimate with and that you love and you care about, it'll fuck you up. It'll fuck up your quality of life. It'll fuck up your sleep. It'll fuck up your health. It'll fuck up your diet. It'll fuck up your work. So you got to get that stuff in check too. And however you do that's how you do it because I'm not the love doctor. Trust me, I, I'm the worst person in the world to talk about relationship advice with. But I do know got to stop being a little bit stubborn sometimes, a little bit hard-headed if you want a better quality of life and you, you're in a relationship with somebody you got to get that tuned up so you can start making those steps forward for a better quality of life. How about your profession, right? I know a lot of firefighters and cops and everything. And one thing, one of the funny things about firefighters is we always bitch about change, right? We want change. We bitch because we need to change. But then when we change, we bitch about the change, right? Think about the quality of life aspect from the job. You don't even have to be a firefighter or a cop. You can just, you can work wherever, are you happy with where you work? If not, why not? What's keeping you down? What's keeping your quality of life? Who and what is fucking with your quality of life? And think about it at the end. Is this worth my quality of life? As you go into work every day for some supervisor who doesn't respect you, who treats you like shit, is that worth the quality of life? But probably not. But guess what? Most people stay in shitty jobs. Because of security, most people are scared to make change. So they, they accept it. It's no different than a shitty relationship. Most people will stay in a shitty relationship and in their gut, they know 100% without a doubt, they do not need to be in this situation. They will stay because it's secure. They know what they got. The fear of the unknown scares more people than anything else. I believe I, I, I encourage you to welcome the unknown because where the unknown is, that's where growth is. That's where change is. That's where freedom lies. That's where endless possibilities are in the unknown. I always hear people say, well, what if this and what if that? And they always go to the worst case scenario, but they never give the best case scenario because every what if, right? With every what if, Negative what if, there's a positive what if. 
well, what if I go this way and things don't turn out the way that I wanted them to? What if you go that way and they turn out better than you could have ever fucking imagined? People just naturally don't think that way because they want to scare themselves into submission. So many people scare themselves into submission and live a submissive life and they end up not accomplishing the things they want to accomplish. And then when, when they're, you know, you know, later on down the road in life, they're not where they want to be. And then their blame game starts coming in instead of blaming himself, they'll start blaming this person or blaming that person or this asshole boss, or this person didn't give me an opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. That's not a good quality of life. People go look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you deserve the best quality of life that, that there is. You know, I was walking back. So every, every evening and every morning I walk down to my gate and I open my gate in the mornings, drink coffee. And then I, I go back in the, in the evening time, I'll go back as the sun is setting and I close it. And my dad was here the other night and we walked down together and we closed the gate and we were walking back. And again, I, you know, I, I don't get religious. I don't get spiritual. Um, but I started thinking and I looked at him and said, dad, I said, you know, what's crazy. I was like, I don't understand how people think when you close your eyes for the last time that that's not the end. You know, I'm not knocking religion and I don't need feedback from this. I don't need people trying to inbox me and convince me because that's not what this is. I see things the way that I see them. Other people see things the way that they see them. And that's fine. I don't discourage people that are religious. I don't knock it. You believe in what you believe in. That's the beauty of faith. All I'm saying is, from the things that I've seen, I don't think it gets any better after this. And the reason I say that is I think when you close your eyes for the last time, that's it. It's final. And a lot of people, I think they refuse to believe that because they need, they need that hope. People need hope and they want to believe there's something better than this after this life. That way it doesn't make death so scary. And it doesn't make death so final. And what made me think about this was Turkey Sue and I'm laying there and or not laying there. She was laying there. When I told you my right eye, I had it buried against her eye, our eyelashes together. And I saw when her soul left her body, I could, you could see it. And I couldn't help but to think, Oh, you know, people are going to on your post. She's running over the puppy rainbow. No, fuck. She's not. She's dead. That's it. It's black. I ended up putting her in a bag and burying her in my front yard because she loved sitting in the front yard and watching the cul-de-sac that we live in. And she would love watching all the kids play in the cul-de-sac. So that's where I buried her. You're not supposed to bury dogs in the front yard in our fucking neighborhood, but fuck them. What are they going to do to me? So I buried her with her head towards the street. Like she used to lay and I was talking to my dad about this whole thing and he says, I don't know, man. He goes, I don't, and nobody knows. That's the, that's the crazy thing. So if, if somebody trying to convince you that there is a heaven and they haven't been there themselves, I don't, I can't really take their word on that. But my dad said something and it made me, I literally stopped while we were walking and he said, you know, son, I think we're in heaven now and we're in hell too. And it's just a matter of how we want to, how we want to you know, live in heaven and hell while we're here. And he said, I truly think this is heaven. He goes, cause how does it get better than this? How do I mean, look at what we have around us. We have all these, all these things that we can do, all these 
things this this piece that we're surrounded by we were, we were on my ranch here and and he's like look at these birds listen to the cars listen to the wind feel the sunshine on your face and all this how, how is this not heaven and fuck i couldn't argue that i feel like we're in heaven and i'm not trying to convince anybody of anything but what i hope is i i'm all about trying to make people understand when they're having shitty days let that shit go because we only have this heaven for so long. And one day, what if, yeah, what if you, what if you are right? If you believe in that and, and you do go up in the sky and you have everything you've ever wanted, what if, what if you do have that? Right. But what if you don't? And what if it is all black at the end at when you close your eyes and you didn't take advantage of heaven while you had it, take advantage of this heaven that we have now. And I hope those of you that do believe in that, I truly hope, like I'm not being a smart ass. I, I, I hope that that is true. I mean, cause I would look forward to that too, but coming from where I, where I come from and the things I've seen and had to be a part of and stuff, it's just, it's hard for me to, to just wrap my head around some of that. Again, please don't inbox me trying to convince me. Uh, I'm not big on deleting people, but that shit will get you deleted because I, I'm a firm believer in look. I respect religion. Just don't, don't, don't press it on me. So I'm, I'm just asking, please don't do that because I know it's going to happen. That hairpiece motherfucker. I'm gearing up to go to St. Augustine this weekend. I'm in St. Augustine, Florida, where I'm doing a keynote presentation at the Florida winter fire games. So I'm going to be there Saturday, August or no, some fucking August, Saturday, February the 12th. And then I have a couple weeks off and then, then the calendar's heating back up, man. I go to uh, Kirksville, Missouri, uh, March 4th and 5th. And then I'm in Columbia, Missouri, um, March 6th and 7th and 8th. And then I come back home and then I go up to Prince William County, Virginia. Um, I want to say March 25th and 26th. I'm not looking at my calendar right now, but if you want to know my dates, I don't really plug my website that often. Go to my website. It's travishouse.com and go to my tour schedule there. And any dates, you know, I was just talking with someone too. Look, if you're around one of these places where I'm doing a class if you, and, and you want to come out, fucking come. I mean, I'll get you in. A lot of, many times that, that often, I can't even get my words straight. A lot of the times, uh, these are, um, just for the fire departments and stuff. But if these are sometimes these are evening events where we're doing like, um, emergency services, personnel, spouses, and all that. If you want to come, come, I'll get you, I'll get you in. Don't worry. Just message me. Gotta let me know which one you want to be in. Um, I just had a young lady saw that I was going to be in Missouri and she said, Hey, we're four hours from there. I want to come to that event. How do we get tickets? And I go, you just got them. So message me, let me know which one you want to come to. And please come out. Um, I just got I just got word that my interview with Jeff Foxworthy. I was just on his radio show. Uh, we recorded in December. It's going to be live tomorrow on Sirius XM on the. Um, let's see, I gotta find it. I don't know what station, but it's a Jeff Foxworthy's, um, a comic mind with Jeff Foxworthy. It's going to air tomorrow, February the ninth at 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern. But by the time you hear this, it's already, it will have already aired. So you can go back and they, they you know, they have reruns. So if you want to, you can Google um, Jeff Foxworthy, Travis Howell, Sirius XM. And you can, if you have that subscription of Sirius, you can probably find it. 
Um, also, Crackle Magazine. I was just on the cover of Crackle Magazine. And let me tell you why I love Crackle Magazine. They, um, they're the only magazine for firefighters that are really just focusing on the wellness of firefighters. It's not just a magazine about fucking three and four alarm fires. It's not about fire trucks and all this flashy shit all the time. It's about the wellness of our people. They, they talk about cooking. They talk about wellness. They talk about uh, financial stuff or, you know, things for relationships and all that. It's a really cool magazine. Go check it out. It's cracklemagazine.com and check out their, um, check out their social media too. The crackle mag go to, I want to say it's crackle mag on, um, Instagram crackle mag. So go check that out. Having said that, man, thank you for being here on this episode. I really appreciate y'all listening to me talk about my dog today. This isn't an episode I ever thought I was going to record, but I felt it was just necessary to talk about how important these creatures are to us and uh, just talk about quality of life overall. And I want you to start questioning your quality of life. If you don't get anything out of this episode, I hope you question your own quality of life. And if you you have a wonderful quality of life, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm. I'm so thankful that you have that. There's a lot of us out there who don't have the best quality of life. And for those, I encourage you to seek that out. To my girl, Turkey Sue, words can't express, girl. And uh, I love you so much. Our family loves you. Thank you for the amazing 12 years that you gave us. You taught us so much, and we didn't deserve you. I'll never forget you. I hope you're flying high and chasing squirrels and eating all the pizza you can get. I love you. And I'll see you again.